Hello, and welcome to Contour Podcasts. I'm Joshua Craker, the Chief Product Officer. And with me here today is our CEO, Carl Wegner, and our in-house marketing consultant, Adeline McNary. Welcome, everyone. Hi. Thanks for having me. All right. So in today's episode, we are going to go back to the beginning, back to basics. This is a welcome to Contour episode where we want to talk about, you know, why Contour was created. Where did it come from? Uh, and what are we trying to accomplish? We're also going to get into how you can join if you're a bank or a corporate uh, and some of the value propositions that we think uh, we have in our solution and, and why you think you, you can benefit uh, as a member of our network. So I'll pass it over to Adeline, who's going to ask us some, some questions, and, and we'll go through our exciting story from the beginning to today. Yeah, Josh, So um, and Carl, for the benefit of those who are new to Contour, why don't you give us uh, the little backstory on why it was formed and what you're setting out to do? Great. Thanks, Adeline. Well, our, our vision in Contour is really to create a better world for businesses and communities by making global trade accessible, digital, and secure. But that's where we are now. Let's go back to where we started from about three years ago. It was an R3 project. R3 is an uh, uh, enterprise blockchain system, and they do lots of projects with banks. And, and eight banks, the heads of trade and, and blockchain of eight banks came to, to R3 and said, we want to do a project on, on, on letters of credit. And how do we make them more efficient? And these banks got together. It was uh, HSBC, Standard Chartered, ING, BNP, RBS, Bangkok Bank, SCB in Sweden, CDBC in Taiwan. And the problem statement was, you know, we have letters of credit. They're an essential part of international trade, but there's too much paper. So they, the eight banks worked really collaboratively, collaboratively on this project, gathering requirements and building the software and outsource the software building to, to another company. And after about a year and a half, so it was about late 2018, it was robust enough to start testing. And they started doing live transactions. And that was became a um, really sort of the, 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 the big step in there. And they said live transactions and the customers really liked it. Uh, the corporates really liked it. And at that point they said, what do we do with this now? And uh, they said, it's a, it's a great project, but how do we make it real? And in 2019, there was a decision process to say, we want to keep on working collaboratively, but, but how do we make this, expand this ecosystem? And uh, the final decision was made among the banks to all invest. Um, uh, one of the banks didn't invest, but Citibank came in instead. So still eight banks investing. And they invested in a for-profit company. Uh, to to build this this ecosystem, uh, starting with letters of credit as uh, the, the first product. And there's a and and really we started out at, the way I sort of say it is we're a a reverse startup in a way. A startup, a technical fintech startup, starts out with an idea. You go get the funding, and then you you uh, you build the software. We have the software. We have the funding. And starting in January this year, we started building the company. Carl, what was the turning point then that made the banks and the partners decide to go all in? I think the turning point was, as I mentioned, when they started doing live transactions and the corporates, who are really the international trade is, is really run by the corporates, uh, they really liked it. They saw the benefits. They saw the efficiencies 
of, of being on one platform, communicating more directly. And that's when the banks decided that this, this project had really potential to be more. It had the potential to be a product and, and, and an ecosystem. And that's really where it started from, from the customers. So um, give us an idea of where the trade industry stands right now. So what are some of the main concerns uh, that the corporates and the different parties in the trade ecosystem face? Yeah, thanks, Adeline. So I think when we look at digitization of trade, it's, it's something that I've been looking at for a long time in my career. Uh, we used to break it down to two things. So if you want to digitize trade, you have to digitize how all the parties involved in a trade finance process will communicate. And then you have to digitize the documents that make up a significant part of that process. So if you look at just communication, if a single bank wants to go and digitize their trade finance, they're sort of limited to them and their clients, which of course is only half of a trade transaction. What do you do about their suppliers or their buyers who might have a different bank relationship? And just for everyone's sort of recollection, I'm I'm speaking about more of a traditional uh, trade finance instrument like a letter of credit. Um, so anyways, you had this sort of communication problem where you know banks were using uh, Swift to communicate, uh, using messages, and then banks were using their own technology with their co corporates. And it was creating what we call sort of digital islands. Uh, all these different digital islands weren't connected, uh, and it led to a very um, sort of broken process. Uh, so a lot of times people had to sort of communicate using uh, the lowest common denominator of communication, uh, which comes down to paper. You know, if you're working with 10 different banks in, 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 a, in a country like Singapore, where that can be quite common if you're in commodity trade, uh, you're not going to want to use 10 proprietary different systems. It's easier to use paper with all of them. So that was the issue that we had in, in sort of communication. And then you look at digitization of paper and how do you move away from paper requirements into digital documents. Uh, and that was even a bigger problem because that was beyond just banks and corporates. Now you're speaking about, okay, where does the paper come from? The paper comes from government agencies who might create a certificate of origin. They might come from a shipping line who's creating a bill of lading. Um, and while some of these documents can be digitized quite easily by having a copy document like PDF, others, especially like a bill of lading, are really important documents because the paper is worth something. These are negotiable documents, they're documents of title. Uh, so digitizing them wasn't that easy. Um, so that's sort of the, the sort of existing world of trade digitization. You have banks looking at it, you have bank-to-bank -bank platforms, you have some of the shipping world that's looking at sort of electronic bill of lading solutions, but it's all really quite fragmented. Uh, and no one's really been able to sort of come together and, and build something that solves all of those problems. So how exactly is this done then? Tell us more about the technology that Contour is using to digitize all these manual processes and bring everything together. Yeah, so it's a great, it's a great question again. So I think what we're looking at is bridging these digital islands by taking a new approach to how we build networks. So rather than a single bank look at building a network for them and their corporates, or a fintech looking at getting everyone to come to their network uh, where all the data sits in one place and you have this sort of single point of failure. Uh, the industry has really come together and said, why don't we build this together? Why don't we collaborate uh, and solve this problem sort of once and for all? And that was really how uh, Contour started, you know, as, as Carl pointed out, uh, all these banks came together and say, let's, let's collaborate and build this together. And the technology that 
Contour is using, uh, being sort of a decentralized ledger technology or blockchain, makes that collaboration far easier than it's ever been before and solves a lot of these structural problems um, that sort of a, a centralized uh, fintech solution might face. Uh, so what happens is in our technology, everyone hosts their own data. Um, so that can be very important for a number of reasons. Uh, the first reason is simply, I don't want my competitors to have access to my data. Um, you can speak all day about encryption standards and things like that, but you know, a common truth is, is people are protective of their data and then they definitely don't want to share it, um, especially with competitors. Uh, so with a decentralized system, everyone hosts their own. That also helps them in certain data uh, regulations. Lots of countries say that you know, data has to be hosted in a particular country where a decentralized system really allows for that. Um, and secondly, even though all the data is distributed, a DLT network like Contour acts as one network. So they're no longer these disparate islands. Everyone is connecting using the same technology, using the same application uh, to solve these common problems on these common, uh, on these common sort of business uh, processes, such as a letter of credit. Um, so that, that's really what Contour is. It's a network first. Now on that network, we're going to launch applications that solve uh, for business pain points. You know, the first thing that we're going to to launch is around letters of credit, because uh, here we have this multi um, multi participant process um, that involves both communication and the need for digital documentation. We've never had a network that would allow for that to be a workflow instead of just messaging. We've never had a network that included both banks and corporates. And this is exactly what Contour is going to do. And we're going to do it in a way that's going to be able to scale to, to meet the needs of a global market. Interesting. So tell us a little bit more about the secret ingredients that make Contour's technology stand out from other solutions available in the market. Yeah. So when we started looking at, at blockchain, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to build a, a blockchain network. And you have to look at what technology you're going to use. What is the product you're going to start with? What is your, your business and governance model? Uh, and what we've learned and, and what we've built uh, Contour to be is, is is the trusted network for global trade. So we thought a lot about who should own this network. You know, these networks are owned by someone. You know, there's proprietary information, there's intellectual property. Even though the data is not owned by the, by, by the sort of network operator, there's still a responsibility for that network operator to keep the network up and to provide software that is safe and effective to use. So the fact that we're industry owned really allows people to trust in us. You know, the fact that we can go through um, the, the IT security policies of some of these, these large global trade finance banks helps people sort of trust us. So we're not a, a fly-by-night company that's you know, looking to come and, and, and make a quick buck. We're really in this for the long haul and we have the support of some of the biggest names in the industry. So that's really a bit of a secret ingredient. You know, the other thing that that sort of ownership gets us and that sort of trust is we're allowed to sort of look at the longer term picture. You know, we're not looking to be a niche solution uh, focused on just, you know, one commodity or, or, or one corridor. Um, our, our, our mission and really what our investors and our banks are asking us to do is, is to solve this on a global scale. Um, so that's really going to make us unique as well. And we believe that we have uh, the ability to do that uh, with our technology. You know, the third thing is a bit of a technical reason. That's sort of our secret ingredient which is the fact that we are using a, a, a DLT technology, uh, which is R3 Corda, that is built for purpose. 
You know, there's a lot of blockchains that are out there that people are trying to repurpose to meet these types of financial processes. But R3 really built Corda to meet the financial needs of a process like a letter of credit from the ground up. Uh, so it works really well. It scales really well. And that, again, will help people sort of trust in us to, uh, to, to solve this problem on a global scale. So, um, Carl, why don't you tell our listeners um, why it's so important to create a new global standard for the industry? Well, I think the one key thing is you think about one of the last big global standards set up for trade finance, well, paper and containerization, right? That was the last big global standard for, for trade finance. And I think we can do better than that now. Um, you think about it now as individuals, you know, we, we communicate ubiquitously on, on all sorts of platforms. And, uh, but in a corporate world, they, we have different systems. You have email, you have WhatsApp, you have all these, you know, you have the, the your bank systems, all these different systems are, are, you have to touch base with and, and to communicate. And it's difficult. There's no one standard to talk about uh, trade finance, to talk about a transaction from beginning to end, right? At the very beginning of the transaction, the buyer and seller are negotiating the deal. Then you have to bring a bank into it for for a product like a letter of credit. So the, the buyer has to talk to the bank, the banks talk together. And and uh, of course, the the advising bank, the seller's bank talks to them. And these this information flows from one side to the other, back and forth. There's never been a way to, to build it on one system. And I think Josh said it right. It It's not something that no one's wanted not to do, right? We keep on using, trying to use new technology. I remember when I started in trade finance as an import buyer, I think think back to it, we use this, this very, very sophisticated technology called telex and fax, right? And, 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 and that was great. But again, it was just a, a bilateral. It wasn't for a community. And, and blockchain distributed ledger allows a, an opportunity for a group of users to manage data on one platform. But it's communication on one platform, but they're managing their data individually. And if you have some of the challenges, the geopolitical challenges uh, between countries right now, that data doesn't want to be stored in another country, uh, you need other, other corporates. There's more competitive things now. You don't want your data sent in a central database because you're worried about hacking. So it's, it's, not, really, it's not really do we want it, it's how to do it. And I think the time is now with, with blockchain technology. And, and trade finance is, is a unique opportunity to take a standard, something like a letter of credit, and build a standard communication system uh, from beginning to end. So then what will it take to move the whole industry forwards towards digitization? Um, how far away are we from being fully digital? Well, I mean, it's, it's a journey. Let's just let's admit it at the very beginning. This is not not everything's going to be digital tomorrow. Right. Even though everyone wants it. it it's a journey. And I think that the goal would be to have the whole transaction, everyone communicating Computers to computers, you know, on a, on a single system with structured data. Structured data is something that's already formatted. You can do a lot more things with it. You can analyze it. it you can do more AI and, and automated document checking. But that's structured data. At, at this point, we're looking at electronic data. 
if we can just get the data in electronically. And that means, for instance, a PDF is an electronic document. So let's move from paper to electronic. And, and that's the first piece. And even in, in Contour, we have the ability for hybrid presentations, sometimes where you happen to need a piece of paper, maybe because it's a, a, a certain customs official, an area um, in some countries still needs paper. But we can do hybrid transactions. We can do electronic transactions, which would be uh, electronic documents like PDFs and structured data, completely structured data. The, the, the goal would be everything is structured data. And then you can look at the veracity of the data by looking where it came from. And that's sort of the, 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 the long-term view of, of something like blockchain or DLT is not only is the data all digital, but you can verify it from the very, very start of, 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 of that creation of the data. But it's a journey. And I think that we, we have to take it piece by piece. And the ability to have one system to communicate and, and build an ecosystem is the first step. And we see already, already see our customers trying the first transactions, maybe with a hybrid presentation, then going to, to electronic. And they're looking for integration in the future to have structured data. So we already see our customers going through that journey. So for some of the listeners out there who want to join the Contour Network, Josh, maybe if you can take us through the process, like what, what, what is it like um, for a corporate or a bank to join Contour? What, what do they need? Yeah, no, it's. Um, I think it's a very pertinent question because we're at, we're at a very interesting point in our history at Contour. Um, so as we are right now, um, which is in the middle of September, we are in our beta phase. Uh, so this is where we are allowing live transactions to continue. Uh, people are doing regular business on Contour, but it's still on a pre-production uh, version of our, of our solution. Uh, so we are welcoming people to come and join us. Um, in this phase and, and, and do live transactions. But you know, very soon, uh, in the next few weeks, we're going to be releasing our production version of our software as well as our, our production legal agreements. Uh, so we definitely are encouraging everyone to come and review those and and then to sign up. Uh, we're, we're happy to walk you through exactly what uh, Contour does and, and how it could be, be beneficial for your business. And then the other thing I'd like to add is, is we offer very, very flexible ways of joining. Um, this is not something that is going to be incredibly expensive. Uh, it's something you can start off by joining even for one of your businesses as you scale it to, to many of your businesses if you are uh, have sort of multiple entities. Uh, and it's also something that we allow flexibility around um, hosting strategies. So it's a bit different joining a decentralized network than a, a sort of a traditional platform. Uh, you have options. You can decide to host all of your data you know, in your own data centers or on-premise. You can choose to use your own cloud accounts. Or maybe if you don't want to do any of that, you can just buy the software as a service. And through Contour Cloud, uh, you can simply access Contour uh, through a user interface uh, on, on a web browser and, and, and start right away, uh, you know, by, by adding users and connecting to other members in the network. Um, so there's definitely a lot of opportunities to, to, to sort of be flexible. There's opportunities to join. Uh, you can join with your entire network or, or some of it, um, and then start thinking about who do you want to trade with. You know, trade is is not something you can do by yourself. So when joining, it's always it's always important to think about, um, you know, who are my 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 customers, who are my suppliers that are also been bugging me, saying that we should really have a digitized way of doing this, or 
you know, looking at your banking partners as well. Um, I, I think that's something that's going to be really important. Uh, and that's that's uh, something we're very open to to talking with people about in terms of what are the industries that we're seeing a lot of um, action in in these early days and a lot of interest uh, and, and where we think that it's going to take a little bit more time and where it's going to be a little bit more instantaneous. So once a customer joins the network, so how, how long before uh, any real impact can be seen? Yeah, so this is this is actually why we chose Letters of Credit as our launch product. So if you look at a lot of uh, sort of new blockchain networks for trade, um, they sometimes think about designing the best way of performing trade finance from the ground up, and that they'll build something that's fully digital, a, a brand new, a brand brand new way of trading uh, and doing business uh, and providing finance. But to do that, you have to actually then build an ecosystem of businesses and banks that want to facilitate that type of new payment method. But with a letter of credit, there's already close to $2 trillion of business happening. Uh, banks around the world that support letters of credit uh, and that understand it uh, for, from a risk standpoint, as well as businesses who understand it. And our whole purpose was that your very first transaction on Contour will be better than your last transaction that you did without Contour. So we don't need to wait for the network effects that take place uh, and for us to have this, this sort of huge global network for you to have benefits from your very first transaction, you will see the benefit. So what I would say is all you need to have is someone to trade with and a bank to finance it. Tell us about the new products in the pipeline. Like, will all the customers have access to them? Yeah, no, that's uh, again, something that we're looking at rolling out over time. So, you know, if you looked at the future and what is the future of trade finance, there's not many people in the world that's going to say the future of trade finance is letters of credit, but they still offer a very important benefit to the world of global trade. You know, they help mitigate risk, they give access to working capital, and they help facilitate transactions. They just do it in a way that's based on messages and all of these disconnected islands. We think that by bringing everyone together onto a common platform, embracing digital standards, that definitely people will want to use letters of credit more. You know, we do see it becoming a growth product, but of course, it's not for every transaction. Um, there are other other sort of um, products that could be more useful, uh, depending on the risk profile of a transaction and the needs of the participants. So we definitely want to add things like, you know, collections, you know, where there isn't that promise to pay at the beginning, instead of looking at how we can transform that product. We've already built a solution for guarantees. You know, we see guarantees and its cousin standby letters of credit, uh, really ripe for transformation as well by bringing everyone onto one network. We've already done a live transaction on, with our guarantee solution, uh, and we definitely encourage people to come and, and try that as we continue to build it out. And then looking a little bit beyond that, it's really the convergence of all of these different ways of doing business and away from trade products and towards trade services. So when you come into Contour, you know what do you need from this transaction? Do you need risk mitigation? Do you need working capital, where do you need that from? Uh, how can a transaction be customized to meet those needs without having to fit uh, into these, these very sort of narrow definitions of the products we have today? Uh, and this is really where innovation comes, but you can only do that after you have a network. Uh, and this is why our, our, our primary goal right now is to build that global network and build it really on the back of these traditional products 
that are commonly used around the world, and there, there's an existing business to be had there. Um, and then with with our members and with that global network, we'll then work on further innovations. Uh, so it's really an exciting future, and it's something that's not just for Contour; it's also our partners. You know, we really do believe in interoperability, um, and we believe in collaboration beyond just banks and corporates. So we've already done uh, connections to the the physical supply chain and electronic bill of lading solutions like Bolero and Estox, and we're really keen to expand that further to ports and customs and uh, many different other partners that really make up the trade ecosystem. And I think together we can come up with some really fantastic, innovative new ways of making trade more accessible, reducing barriers, uh, and really trying to get the global economy uh, to recover after what it's been through in this year. Great. So just to wrap up, um, Carl, why don't you just give us a, a, a general overview of the future for Contour? Well, thanks. I think Josh touched on it a little bit, but it's really to build Contour as a as a platform for trade services. And, and as you mentioned, I think partners are a big part of our ecosystem as well. Uh, we're not going to be able to build everything. We want to work with partners that can either bring data in from the beginning of a transaction, the end of a transaction uh, related to an LC or other services. So it could be document checking, EBL, sanctions checking. There's a lot of information out there that's needed for a trade transaction. Trade is really difficult. When you look at it, you have the, the we're just looking at the finance part, but there's also the, the there's the risk part, there's the sanctions part, there's the, uh, the physical movement, and there's a lot of information out there. So, you know, as the future, we're, we're, you know, we're looking at how to work with partners, how to understand from our customers which partners are working with and, and how we can collaborate with them. Uh, international trade is a team sport, right? You need to work with as many players as possible to, to, to move that ball down the field a little bit quicker. And so we really see the opportunity to, to build and grow with our customers. Ask them, you know, who, who should we work with next? And we see the opportunity to add more financial services, uh, but but also uh, linked to other other services as well that will make it a more robust experience uh, for for the customers, for the for the buyers, for the sellers, for the banks, and and also I think there's an opportunity to build new services on top of this. Once we get this information electronic. Once we get this information in, in structured data, there's an opportunity to offer more services. Even financing could potentially be done. Uh, the risk, the risk mitigation, or, or or the risk and guarantees could be done differently if we had the information in a more robust form, in an, in a verifiable form. You know, at different times of the transaction. So there's so much to be done. We are starting from the basics. And, and to build that ecosystem. And, and that ecosystem, we're learning from the ecosystem as well. And whether it's, it's, and it's, it's geographic, it's geographic, different industries, um, and, and different time of banks. So it's quite exciting. There's a lot to do. We're starting just at the, the starting line right now um, as we go into production uh, uh, early next month. Uh, but it's, it's, it's really exciting to see the interaction between our customers already asking us, what could you, could you do this now? You know, could you talk to these guys? Could you work with these partners? And they're already bringing us to all these uh, fantastic conversations where we're learning about different parts of trade as well. And so it's, it's an opportunity really to, to pull it all together, 
and and uh, make a very robust experience to make international trade, you know, easier, accessible, uh, and 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 trustworthy. And and right now with with a uh, trade, actually the volumes of trade going down, we need to make trade move a little bit easier, right? And and the COVID nineteen has brought the the obvious uh, uh, the obvious conclusion that paper and and physical movement is is going to be a challenge in the future. And for a robustness of a system, um, you, you need to, to be automated and electronic. So huge opportunities and, and, and really exciting as, as we, we go into our production 5.0 in, in a few weeks. Thanks, Carl. I think that's probably all the time we have today. But, you know, it's, it's really been an, an amazing journey for, for both of us and then the rest of the company, you know, from a, a bank consortium looking to digitize some uh, basic trade finance processes all, all the way to the future that you just described, which is is really quite exciting. You know, of course, we can only do it uh, together. You know, so we encourage everyone listening today, whether you're a bank or a corporate, uh, to please come and join us and experience Contour for yourself. And uh, we hope to to see you soon. You know, I'd like to thank Carl and Adeline today. Um, we will be rolling out uh, more episodes in the coming weeks with interviews from our top industry experts. So please uh, keep checking wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Uh, and please subscribe. Uh, of course, you can also visit our website for all of the episodes and the latest updates on Contour. You can find us at contour.network. And if there are any other topics you want us to cover, please email your suggestions to contact at contour.network. I'd like to thank everyone again for listening in. Until next time, I'm Joshua Craker, signing off.